It's usually this time in the off-season where the so-called experts are giving us the real bland, real cliche crap predictions. And our turn for that is later on in the off-season. But we're going with something a bit more niche. We are operating on the entire field, offense and defense. We've each got our positions. And we're going to go through our top three breakout candidates in every position. We promise you, as you can see by the timestamp, that we're not taking forever. The three S's that we know and love on Teddies and Threes are going to come out in force tonight. Short, sharp, succinct, uh, perfectly in line with Smithy's counting. And speaking of Smithy, he, uh, well, let's be honest, he kind of took the piss in a tongue-in-cheek way about the bravery exerted by myself when COVID hit. And uh, we're here two weeks later, and the great man's been struck down by the Chinese cough. How are you, mate? Yeah, the old Wuhan flu has uh, got the better of me, but... Uh... No, I'm, I'm excited to be here. Obviously, when you're at home in isolation, there's not a lot to keep you occupied. So to be able to sit down and have a chat with you Muppets for half an hour is, is probably the highlight of my week so far. Oh, I wish we could say the same, mate, but we've actually got things on in life at the moment. So well, Also, it could, it, could be, uh, it could be one of the only times the fans get to listen to an in-depth talk about an offensive guard. So uh, that, that's <laughs> going to be interesting. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how that's going to go on TikTok. And if you're not following us, well, what are you doing, frankly? If you've got TikTok, Teddies and Threes podcast, click the follow button. It's going gangbusters. Bubbles had his, uh, I think his third video up and he cracked 350 views. And let's face it, his head wobbled so much it's nearly fallen off. But how are you, Bubbles? Oh, he yeah, hasn't sorry. got his phone on, has he? What's he doing? He's got, got a text <laughs> message, sorry. but um... <laughs> <laughs> Who's rolling the well. music text tones these days? It's... It's I think that's the part we have to TikTok dissect. Just congratulating him on his fine work. <laughs> and I was listening to that more than I was listening to Daz. So I'm back, yeah. in, back in form. Yeah, yeah. yeah our, our man's back. He had a two-week holiday in which he was sharp. And now he, he's back to the uh, the man that we know and love, Smitty. This could get loose. I've got a feeling. It's like when you overuse a, a new knife and it just it, the sharpness runs out really quickly. I, I think we've overused uh, TD's yeah. uh, attention span too quickly and too early in the off season. Yeah, we found the uh, the brown kiwi knives, my favourite in the professional kitchens, which are like four bucks, but geez, they're durable and they're bloody sharp. And uh, <laughs> three days into using them, you realise that it's a pile of crap. So shout out to <laughs> Kiwi actually for that drive by, but. Uh, Bubbles, our man, he's got to improve from here. So we're going to go through depth chart style. Uh, Smithy sent me the list through before, so I don't make a complete cock smack out of myself, which I'm looking forward to. Let's start with the top three quarterbacks in terms of breaking out, and that's our man Bubbles kicking us off. This could set the tone, so go for it. Well, we might be in trouble if, if I'm setting the yeah. tone, but oh, no. um, <laughs> yeah, I'll start with uh, Tua Tungavailoa. Um, I think he's a, he's a pretty clear candidate to break out this year he's surrounded by weapons uh they've gone out and got him weapons and it actually was really hard to to find breakout candidates for quarterbacks because there's only 32 of them in the league and if they haven't broken out already they're, they're just about done um in the league but he's coming into this season healthy or as healthy as he as he can be um and i, I think if he doesn't break out this year I, I don't think he ever will so he kind of has to um in a way and and i think he will um Second, I've got Trevor Lawrence. Uh, the team last year was pretty bad from you know their on-field performances, the coaching staff, um, 
you know, they've obviously done things in the off-season to fix that. The roster's looking a little better. They do have a new coach, and uh, Doug Peterson, who I do really like. And, um, you know, say what you will about Urban Meyer, but he wasn't very professional, and <laughs> um, that was pretty obvious. But but they did um, sign a bit of talent in the off-season. They upgraded that offensive line, and um, they signed Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram. And although they did overpay for them, um, you know, that's that's still going to help Trevor Lawrence. It's not going to hurt him. And Travis Etienne will be back to take a little bit of pressure off him. And the third one for me is probably going to shock you too and, and a lot of the long-time listeners, but it's Daniel Jones from the New York Giants. What? Um, <laughs> what? I, I just think, I think <laughs> <laughs> good one, Smithy. Um, but, yeah, I just think in a new system, um, you know, the last few years he's been in a boring system, a conservative system with Joe Judge and, and he's out the door now. They've got a new coach in Brian Dable, and we saw what he did with Allen, and it's really hard to to kind of compare the two, but they do have that rushing upside ability, and they are similar, although you can kind of call uh, Daniel Jones a poor man's Josh Allen, if you will, and, and I'll continue with the drive-bys on Daniel Jones, but when he breaks <laughs> out this year, I'll take all the credit. <laughs> <laughs> that was not on my 2022 bingo card. He's going to break Daniel. out, but he's a poor man, Josh Allen, and he probably won't break out. But if he does, I'll take the credit. <laughs> That's, extraordinary. That's what he's running with. I I, I was on board with Tua, and yeah. I agree with Trevor Lawrence. He was actually better than the statistics showed, but... I mean, the points you make about Daniel Jones are actually correct. He's in a more quarterback-friendly system, and physically he possesses the same natural gifts as Josh Allen in terms of running, but uh, there's a lot more to the position, and I don't know if he's got it, but I don't mind it. I don't mind it. I mean, how much have we spoken about Tua in this offseason? He's the most under-pressure player in the league. Smithy's buying him in fantasy, and TD thinks he's going to break out. At some point, if Tua stuffs up, we're kind of all in trouble, obviously, being a Dolphins fan. So uh, not only is he in the most pressure in the league, he's probably gone to another level. And I think we all hope Trevor Lawrence goes well, I think. he, You know, does anyone hate the Jaguars? Like, as a, as a team? I don't know of anyone it's hard. It's it's hard to hate. Not anymore, surely. It's hard to hate poverty. That's... (laughs) Yeah, tell that to Trump. All right, not that we're getting political. All (laughs) righty, let's go to the running back position. Uh, And that's me, actually. Now, I'm nervous about my first one because I was saying to Smithy that I couldn't put a rookie in here. Uh, Well, Smithy told me that I'd be shunted out of the show. I I just want to jump in in for a minute. We're yep. doing breakout candidates, and Daz <laughs> reckons that a rookie who has never played in the NFL can break out in his rookie year. Now, am I the only one that thinks that makes no sense? Let us know in the comments of this because I reckon that just makes zero sense at all. How can someone break out when they haven't started? It's two words, my friends. Exceeding expectations. That's silly. Well, would you say Jamar Chase broke out last year? Yeah, considering he was dropping everything in the uh, off-season and basically everyone was telling us how shit he was. Yeah, I'd say he did. No, but that that's his that that's his baseline. That that's if he was if he was to go to another level this year, he would be breaking. Oh, so he's on the decline if he doesn't perform. And he's on the yeah. decline if he doesn't perform. Correct. I like how this went from my bad take to Smitty's bad take. That was beautiful. Should have right, put him go. under pressure then, Jamar Chase. Oh, yeah. 
Jamar Chase. Smithy thinks he's in decline before the season started. All right. All right, let's go to the running back. Breaking news, now. Smithy thinks Jamar Chase is under pressure. Yeah. yeah, Smithy imploring Bengals to trade Jamar Chase at full value. <laughs> this, this, has got, this has got the Justin Herbert clickbait of last season written all over it, and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not our fault you wanted him out of the league because he was throwing left-handed. All right. Now, this guy, can I put in a third-year player, Smithy? Is that all right with you? Yeah, of course it is, mate. Okay, cool. But now this guy, you could argue, did go into decline last year. 33% less rushing attempts and 36% less yards. He did play three less games, but that's still a way too big a drop-off. He had four 20-plus yard carries in 2020, zero in 2021. He had zero fumbles in 2020. He had two in 2021, both for loss, one for turnover. Um, I'm saying, and I hate this because he's going to be a fantasy trap, and I welcome the criticism. But I think Clyde Edwards-Hilaire can go 900-plus yards, and it's all thanks to Patrick Mahomes needing the sustainability of the players around him, considering Tyreek's gone. The only two guys he's played ball with somewhat consistently is going to be Kelsey and CEH, and considering he's going to obviously throw to Kelsey and CEH is going to run with the ball. I think he goes to another level, number two, uh, TD actually touched on him a little bit with Trevor Lawrence, but Travis Etienne for mine. Uh, James Robinson has got his Achilles tear as well. So like they say on Media Street, and we say this, if uh, once you boys go on holidays throughout the year, you never take a day off in this business. So he's going to go absolutely bunter, I reckon. I know he's coming back from a Liz Frank injury, but I'm uh, betting that he is going to be awesome. And the number one breakout candidate at running back for me is Michael Carter. Uh, the consistency of result is what I'm looking for in terms of breaking out because we know he's got the talent. And look, you can argue the semantics over the difference between three and one. But as far as I'm concerned, as far as young running backs go that are in the breakout category, I think he's the most watchable, which is why I'm putting him at number one. I think Michael Carter will be able to probably improve his efficiency this season because he's going to be sharing the the backfield with Brees Hall, the rookie. So uh, he may not get the high volume, but it'll keep his body fresher and he should be able to break off those bigger runs. So the I like that. Quantity, man. That's absolutely correct. So I like that. I can't buy into CEH. I just can't do it. TD's probably oh. in the same boat because he's burnt him in fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Didn't you draft CEH <laughs> two years ago, TD? Because I know I had him last year. No, I um, no. He tra- he traded a first yeah. round pick for him, didn't you? I tra- yeah, I traded oh. a, a nice big jackpot for him before the season started oh. when I thought he was the best thing since sliced bread. And I don't think there's he could put up two thousand yards and he'd still be in my bad books. I think. <laughs> All right. Well, CH is under pressure. All right. Let's go to wide receiver. Is that you, Smithy? Yeah, that's me, mate. Uh, so at three, I've got Russell Gage, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, he's coming into his fifth year, uh, but he was actually handpicked by Tom Brady to fill the void left by Antonio Brown's craziness. He's never had 800-plus yards in a season or five-plus touchdowns in a season, and um, with Chris Godwin likely to miss a chunk of the season, Gage is going to be Tom Brady's number two weapon. So I can see him surpassing both of those marks and having 800-plus yards and five-plus touchdowns this year which would be a nice little breakout for him. At two, I've got Michael Pittman Jr. I've already spoken on the show about how keen I am on this guy. He's the clear number one. Um, I think 
you could probably argue that he broke out last season. He had a thousand yards and six touchdowns, but I think he's going to complete the breakout this season um, and turn himself into a superstar. Best case scenario, I think he can be a top 10 receiver and have 1,200 yards and double-digit touchdowns. I think he's that good. So can't wait to watch him play. And my number one breakout wide receiver is going to be the judge, Jerry Judy from the Denver Broncos. When speaking true breakout, I think he's probably my favorite pick in the league. Um, He had a good rookie season, but he had problems with drops and then an injury plagued year two. But I think he's ready to just explode this season. He's a really good route runner. He's got significantly the best quarterback he's played with in his short career in Russell Wilson, and he's going into the season fully healthy. So I expect really big things from Jerry Judy, and I expect his uh, statistics to skyrocket. Well, we've talked about guys that are under pressure throughout a little bit of this show, even though it's not the topic, but we could also introduce pressure as a shit nickname as well for Russell Gage, the pressure gauge. (laughs) I thought we weren't doing this this year. Just eased into it. (laughs) It's not the first time Bubbles has heard that, let me tell you. Uh, Let's go go to tight end. I think Smithy might actually leave this this recording before the night's out. Let's go to tight end. Back to Dazzling, which means the people will get a good break uh, from my dulcet tones for a while. But before we do, uh, Bubbles, wide receivers. How do you reckon Smithy went? Yeah, good. Um, I think Gage stands out to me as a really good one because, um, you know, he wasn't really a standout player in Atlanta and you kind of look at the productivity of that third wide receiver in Tom Brady offenses and, yeah, they are really productive. As Smithy said, he probably will be the number two receiver um, for a big bunch of this year, so I really like that one. Mm, Beautiful. A lot of agreement going on, which we hate here at TDs and threes, but Smithy's done well. Let's go to tight end. Like we said, back to dazzling. So I'll start this with uh, Mo Ali Cox because he tied for red zone targets last year with Jack Doyle, who's now not at the team anymore. So his production's automatically going to go up. I still think he's going to be the quality, not quantity kind of guy. I know that he's 6'5", 267 pounds and built like an absolute brick shit house. But when you've got the veteran QB in Matt Ryan, he's going to need to feed out uh, figure out, sorry, who's going to get the ball pretty damn quickly. I know their receiving core isn't as deep as it's going to be, so I'm guessing his production is going to go up. I'm going to go to Irv Smith as well for a couple of reasons. One, uh, he's young. Two, is exciting. Three, I think at some point you can't have the bad luck with injuries that he's had. And, of course, number four, if I'm going to keep up, the Vikings are going to win the NFC North. They're going to need everyone to break out, it looks like. So I'm going to throw him in there. Uh, as well, but he's an excitement machine, and I love the fact that he's also rated above average as a pass blocker as well, so he's adding that versatility, but number one, when you're, I think, 28 years old or 26 years old, you go to a better franchise, and your own coach tells you that you're going to have a significant role in the offense, well, that's half my job done, Gerald Everett is going to be the tight end that I think surprises some people who mightn't be paying as much attention as they should be, but that's the top three breakout tight ends for me. Chargers tight ends love uh, productivity. Yeah, mm. they they made Jared Cook look very good over the last few seasons. Uh, so I think Everett's in for a good season. 
I'm not sold on Mo Ali Cox. I think he's got all of the tools, but I I'm not sure that he's that great. So I'm a wait and see there. And I missed the second one. So Irv TD. Smith. Oh, Irv Smith. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I like Irv Smith. Oh, he's done a bubbles. <laughs> he hasn't listened. <laughs> Irv Smith just needs to get out of the park. He, he has been injured yeah. a lot. Um, and as you said, you, you're not going to get that unlucky um, forever with injuries. So all he's got to do is get healthy, and I think he'll break out. I really like Irv Smith and I always have it. Such, such a shame we haven't really seen him play much, to be honest. Bang. I like it. All righty. Next up, I think we've got offensive linemen. We do. And for some reason, TD picked this out of the little draft of positions that we had. Smithy was picking last. He was, he was actually doing research before he got the positions and then realized about halfway through he actually didn't have offensive linemen because Bubbles took him. So I'm looking forward to what you're going with here, mate. Go for it. He, he must have had a vision. Yeah, former offensive lineman in the uh, really competitive that, Gridiron Victoria League. So That's true. That's true. Star, <laughs> star know, left mate, tackle, right? Yeah? The three-point stance, but. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll start. <laughs> I'll start uh, actually with an Aussie, uh, Jordan Mailata, um, and he probably is on this list only because he is an Aussie. But um, you know, he, he's kind of a big name down here. Well, probably w- one of the bigger offensive um, offensive line players down here that you'd hear of because you don't hear about offensive linemen um, really in the NFL or especially down here. But um, it's his fifth season in the NFL. Um, and it will be his second straight year coming into the year as the starter. Um, and it's it's quite obvious he's just going to get better and better as he goes on. He, he hadn't played a game of, of football or um, gridiron or NFL, whatever you're going to call it, uh, before he got drafted. Uh, and he spent five years in the league. And now um, you know, he's in a position where he could become one of the best left tackles in the league. Uh, I think this Eagles team is looking like a good team. Um, and if they are going to be a good team, I think he's going to stand out really well protecting Jalen Hurts. Um, and obviously that's probably the, the biggest job on that team apart from being Jalen Hurts. So that's a big um, well, it's a big job for him. And I think he's going to break out this year. I really like him. Number two, I've got Panay Sewell, um, obviously the first offensive lineman taken last year's draft. I think he went around pick seven in the draft. And, According to him, his rookie season was disappointing. Um, that was his own words. Um, so I'm pretty sure he's got a point to prove. He's going to want to prove that he he is more than what he showed last year, although he did play well at, at times last year, and he's probably being a little too hard on himself to call himself disappointing. But, um, you know, he got that much-needed experience. He was 20 years old when he was drafted, so no one's expecting a 20-year-old offensive lineman at pick seven going to the worst team in football to, to really stand out too much. Um, and this offseason, he's, he's going to get a lot of work and probably already has done a lot of work with Aiden Hutchinson. Um, and, and that's not going to hurt him at all. That's only going to help. And, and the Lions can't be worse than they were last year. So I think he's a really good candidate to break out. And the last one for me is Colton Miller from the Raiders. Uh, it's his fifth year in the league and he's just quietly improved um, every year, and the Raiders have, have struggled um, to find a stable coaching staff and a successful coaching staff. I know Gruden was there for a long time, but he wasn't successful. And, um, you know, they've kind of found success last year, and now that coaching staff seems to be a little more stable. Um, and, you, you know, you can look at the offensive line and say they've had their struggles recently, but they're, they're starting fresh this year. They've got a new coach who... 
uh, spent the last three three seasons in New England um, as the offensive line coach or coordinator, and now he's the offensive line coach in, um, in Las Vegas. So I think it's a fresh start, as I said, for that underperforming offensive line, and I think he's going to stand out on it. What I love about the Penae Sewell thing from his point of view, and I love the fact that you pointed it out, is I completely agree with the chip on the shoulder. If he thinks that that debut season, which I agree wasn't poor at all, if he thinks he's got levels to go to and if he's saying it, you know, not many guys say that kind of thing and then don't at least put everything in to try and deliver it, I reckon, bang, that's a home run for me. I think he's done an outstanding job, our man, Smithy. Yeah, I wasn't sure where you'd go with the offensive line. It's sort of, there's, I don't think there's many obvious picks, but I love the Jordan Mylata pick. A lot of really smart analysts over in America are actually tipping him to be all pro this year. They they think he he is that good and that he is improving so quickly that he can be an all pro tackle. So you nailed that. Panay Sewell, awesome pick as well. And Colton Miller, yeah, I think you nailed it. I, I think you did a really good job for offensive line, which isn't the easiest position to sort of talk about glowingly. Bang. I like it. Let's go to the defensive line, which I think is you, Smithy. Nah, it's Bubbles again. He loves the trenches. He's like Dan oh, Campbell. He, he he just wants to go from the inside out. Uh, he yeah. loves the linemen. Wants to go for the kneecaps, our man. My apologies, Bubbles. Go for it. Back to back. Uh, big fan of the, the big linemen. Uh, the thickies on the line. You can't go wrong. But um... a bit of way of putting it than that. And ladies and gentlemen, oh. this is Bubbles Kinder bio. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, what did um, he say? <laughs> uh, first, I've got uh, Christian Wilkins from the Miami Dolphins. Uh, it's his fourth season in the NFL this season. Um, and, you know, he's coming off his best year, I think. And you can argue that he did have his breakout year last year, but I don't think he was getting enough recognition. Um, he's not being talked about too too much. And I guess maybe that's a factor of him being on the Dolphins and, how you could say they underperformed last year, but I think um, this year, the way Miami are going, um, and if they are as good as they are um, advertised as being, I think he's going to have a monster year. Um, he's more than capable of doing it. He can play inside. He can play on the edge. He's a leader. Um, you know, I really like. You know, I really like him to break out this year. Or um, you know, as long as the Miami Dolphins can go, as I said, as advertised, um, I think he's in for a big season. The second one is going to be Quinnen Williams. Um, he's a first-round pick from a couple of years ago. I think he went third overall. Uh, he just hasn't lived up to the hype yet. And once again, that's not to say he's played bad, but when you pick third overall, um, you know there is a lot of hype to live up to. And the Jets obviously haven't been great over the last few years. Um, it's his second season with Robert Salah, who had a really productive defensive line in San Francisco. Um, and you know again. Uh, with the team improvement, the Jets kind of are improving. You could say that they drafted well. Um, they can't be as bad as they were last year. And I think um, Greg, uh, Greg Salah, Robert Salah is going to have some success in his second season. And I think that might start on the defensive line. And I think he's going to be a big part of uh, the success uh, that they have this year. How much of that is yet to be seen. But um, <laughs> yeah, lastly is, is probably my favorite one. Um, of all the ones I've spoken about tonight, but it's Ed Oliver from the Buffalo Bills. Uh, he's a former ninth overround, uh, ninth overround, ninth ninth overall pick in the first round. So 
Um, he's another guy who hasn't lived up to the expectation, as I said, with Quinn Williams before. Um, but, you know, he's playing on a Buffalo Bills team that's probably going to be leading in a lot of games and, and leading by a few scores. And um, that's not going to be a surprise to anyone. They're going to have plenty of obvious pass rushing opportunities. Um, and I think the addition of Von Miller um, will only help him because that's going to get all the attention or at least a lot of the attention. Um, and to be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Ed Oliver uh, was anywhere up the top of the league lead in sacks this year, to be honest. Ooh, wow, like that's it. a big call. That's a big call because uh, he, he plays more inside than outside. I think they're, they're two obvious pass rush threats are uh, Von Miller and Greg Rousseau off the edge. So he'd need to produce a lot of pressure from the inside, but he's putting he's putting his head out there, TD. I like it. Another shit nickname on offer with Ed Oliver as well, Jamie. <laughs> That's just associating his last name with a, another person with the same last name. That's not a nickname. COVID's really getting to you, isn't it? <laughs> but it's, but it's, trying to have a, a light-hearted moment. No. Bringing some, some ha-ha, chortlingly funny humor to the table. Uh, well, oh, I like it, TD. Um, all right, Jesus, didn't know, we're, didn't know we we're on TDs and threes. Got talent, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> you want me I, to start seeing? <laughs> no, I big can get fan my three of... point dance out. <laughs> now, that's something I want to see. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I love Christian Wilkins, so obviously, as a Dolphins fan, I'm a, a bit biased. I like the uh, the Ed Oliver call. I don't know what's going on with the screen here, but I think we're uh, continuing onward. Uh, we're going linebacker. Now, this has to be you, Smitty, because it ain't mine, yep. and I think TD's gone three times. Yeah, no, nah, this is me. I've got the next two, so uh, Go I'm looking forward to it. At three, uh, it's another Dolphin. So Daz's boy's oh, getting some love tonight, but Absolutely. it's Jerome Baker. Uh, he's shown flashes throughout his four-year career so far, but after getting a three-year contract extension with the Dolphins, I think uh, it's his time to really – break out and become a really consistent performer. He had five and a half sacks, a forced fumble and an interception last season in the middle of a Miami defense. Uh, those are really good flash stats, but I'm looking at him becoming a more consistent play to play defensive leader for Miami. And I think he's definitely got the ability to do so. So looking forward to watching him play at two. I've got Jordan Brooks from Seattle this is all regarding the departure of Bobby Wagner, really. Uh, Wagner's been the staple in the middle of Seattle's defense for 10 years. Jordan Brooks steps into that role now, uh, and he's got the opportunity to announce himself as one of the best young linebackers in the NFL. His biggest weakness is in pass coverage. His overall PFF grade was only 58.4, so not a great PFF rating, but... If he can improve in pass coverage, he's got the natural ability and I think he's going to have a really good season for Seattle. And at one, it's one of my favorite players in the NFL to watch just because he can do so many things. It's Isaiah Simmons from Arizona. Uh, look, he's one of the most exciting defensive prospects in the whole NFL coming into this season. He's shown the ability to make big plays uh, he forced four fumbles last year, which ranked second in the NFL behind only Darius Leonard. His overall game wasn't fully polished yet. He only had a 51 PFF grade. So 
Uh, it's not a good overall number, but he has the raw, immense talent and X factor to be a star player in this league. And coming into his third season, I, I think this is his time to shine. I can see him being a Pro Bowl player, and that would be a massive breakout for me. That would be a huge breakout. I don't know about the other two, but I think Jerome Baker's out of contract at the end of this year, I think. So if he does break out... He got uh, a three-year be... extension over the offseason. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah. So he's already... he calls himself so he's... a Dolphins fan. I did so say already... that, so you weren't listening. No, never. Why would I listen? So you could say that uh, he's already earned that dose, Smithy. I'm actually I think surprised. It's best we move on. I think Smithy's actually surprised in himself that he hasn't left the recording yet. But hey, look, the night's still young. Uh, cornerback Smithy, back to back, mate. Go for it. Yeah, my personal favorite position in the NFL, I find cornerback so interesting to watch and the sort of mental toughness that you have to have to play this position is crazy. So I respect every corner in the league. But these are the three I think are going to break out this year. Uh, number three is DJ Reed from the New York Jets. And this will surprise you guys because I, I don't think many people might have heard of DJ Reed if they're not hardcore fans. Uh, but since 2020, he ranks ninth in the entire NFL uh, in PFF outside coverage grade. So when you're looking at the league-wide sort of status, all the amazing corners, for him to be ranked ninth in that stat is amazing and it really surprised me. Uh, he signed with the Jets in the offseason after playing for Seattle the past few seasons. And I think he's going to make a really nice pairing uh, next to the rookie, Sauce Gardner. He's played in a Robert Sala defensive system before. Uh, he was a rookie at San Francisco. So he's going to know the system somewhat well. Uh, I think he can break into the national spotlight and get some get, uh, national media attention because I feel like I'm the first person with any sort of platform to mention his name. So shout out to DJ Reed. At two, I've got Greg Newsom from the Cleveland Browns. Uh, he's coming into year two, and I think he's going to announce himself as a real star. He's such a smooth mover as an athlete, and he ranked top 10 for PFF single coverage last season. That's as a rookie. He's ranking top 10 for single coverage grade, which is incredible. Um, he's got Denzel Ward, who is a bona fide star on the other side. So I think Newsom's going to have some chances to make some big plays. And with, with his ability in single coverage and his athletic freak genetics, I think uh, he has got the utmost chance of making those big plays and, and leaping into stardom. And at number one is another second-year player, and it's Patrick Sertan, the second from Denver. He made cornerback look ridiculously easy as a rookie. Uh, he was a top-10 pick straight away. He allowed only one game where he allowed 60 yards to his opposing wide receiver, so that's just incredible. As well as doing that, he had a combined 12 interceptions and pass breakups, which are insane numbers. I know what you're thinking. You're talking about him like he already is a star, and I think he is. But we saw last season AJ Terrell went from really good rookie to top five cornerback in the NFL. I think that's Patrick Sertan's direct line this season. I think he goes from 
someone we regard as a really good rookie to someone that we regard as a top five cornerback. And this time next year, I think we'll be ranking cornerback as Jalen Ramsey, Jair Alexander, AJ Terrell, Patrick Sertan, and then number five. Would be... Uh, no, I was I was leaving number five empty because I, I was just emphasizing Santander's four. Hey, <laughs> just stop talking. <laughs> I was waiting for JC Horn. I was waiting for him to blurt out JC Horn. I was Good waiting. Dream. I was waiting for feedback, but I realized that uh, I didn't make it clear. I was leaving five <laughs> blank. No, it's just you just you just stopped. <laughs> Patrick Sertan, and then you just waited for us to clap or something. I don't know what you were waiting for, but uh, no, good luck to you. I think the pressure on Patrick Sertan to break out, like he said, if he isn't a top, what, eight? Is that what he has to get to minimum for the breakout to qualify? What number would you put on it at worst? At worst, I'd say top 10. <clears throat> okay, fair enough. So I don't, I, don't think he, I don't think he's top 10 right now. Okay. Yeah, I, as I said, I was just waiting for – he was naming second-year players. I was waiting for him to announce J.C. Horn as a breakout candidate. I'm kind of shocked he didn't, to be honest. <laughs> he only played two games, so uh, – Well, he I could figured... break out and play three. Extraordinary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Touch wood, it's more than that. I'm sorry, J.C. Yeah. I'm only trying to mess with Smithy. Uh, he won't be listening. But... Sure he's listening. Good man. Yeah, 100% <laughs> he is. All the, good play, uh, all the good players and all the good people do. All right, let's finish with safety, which, if I'm being honest, Three days ago, oh boy, I wouldn't have uh, known any of the safeties in the league, I would argue. But I'll tell you what, the research into this has been extraordinarily fun. So I appreciate the fact that uh, we kind of opened up the shoulders a bit and gave Dazzling a, a defensive post. But uh, I kind of had a couple of goes at this, but I'm enjoying what's happening now. You guys know that I enjoy the psychology of sport, and we've talked about the chip on the shoulder effect a couple of times. So when a safety wanted a two-year deal and finally settled on a one-year deal with Detroit um, at not much money, I think it was less than what was reported. That tells me that he's going to need to break out to save his career, and that's Deshaun Elliott. Um, he suffered a peck and quad injuries last year, and that's a really unlucky combination. I don't know why we're laughing. What's going on? <laughs> What? It, it's one of those moments where you're not supposed to laugh in high school because the teacher tells you not to, but you make eye contact with your friend and just start laughing. I locked I eyes with TD. Smithy's grin getting wider and wider. I locked what? eyes with him, and I locked eyes with him, and I just started laughing. All right, cool. I was thinking Continue. I haven't done anything here. Continue, Des. <laughs> you sure? Yeah, please. Um, yeah, so he's had peck and quad injuries, which is a really weird combination of injuries to have, and the Lions secondary has been appalling, so he kind of needs to break out personally and for his team. Uh, number two, he's this. I think this player is going to break out, but I need to do a little bit of a drive-by here because we've spoken about TD is the king of drive-bys. We know that. Um, and we drive by players usually, maybe some coaches or some fan bases. I'm going to do a first on Teddies and Threes. I'm actually going to drive by uh, parents. Um, Mr. and Mrs. Curl. I don't know who decided to spell Cameron K-A-M-R-E-N, but please get it fixed, like now. 
because that's abysmal, and I would argue cursed. disgusting. That is cursed. That's <laughs> not, nowhere near acceptable. Yeah. Um, but in Washington, so he had the, three interceptions. That's just. Uh, sorry, uh, please continue to interrupt no. me. <laughs> no, I was just, I was just <laughs> saying that that's a bizarre way to spell that name. But um, yeah. Yeah. You good? Yeah. I can continue. Fantastic. This is going to go well on TikTok, isn't it? Uh, he had five passes defended last season. Uh, he's had nine for his career, but that's going to need to go up. Uh, in Washington, if we're being honest, I know they were Smithy's Island team last year, but they've gone from weirdly relevant for us to, I think, completely boring because we're kind of narrowing in on Carson Wentz, and then that's about it. Um, but... You know, this guy's 23, he's still got growth left in him. And Ron Rivera said at the start of May uh, that he was impressing. I haven't really found a whole lot um, between May and now, so hopefully it hasn't gone uh, all downhill for him. And I'm, well, I'm not asking this kid to be a superstar. This isn't a Patrick Satan type situation that Smithy was talking about. Um, but a seventh-round pick, he's had some time in the league. I think he goes to another level. Uh, and Darnell Savage Jr., at the Packers, for me, he gets labelled as the X Factor, and what's annoying about being the X Factor player, I think, as fans, is we know that they're going to be a quality and not quantity character. I know this guy's got talent through the wazoo, but considering the Packers have uh, had some downgrades this year, not so much on this side of the ball, but they're not going to be at their best like they have been for the last few seasons. Consistency is going to be key across the field. And he's 24, so he absolutely can get it done. Um, but he's got to fix his broken tackles, though, since week 14 of 2021. Uh, he's ranked equal second in the league for broken tackles. So he's got to fix that up, but I reckon he can go to another level. Yeah, he's super talented, Darnell Savage. So I like that call. And Deshaun Elliott, absolute bargain for Detroit. He is a quality player when he's healthy. So 1.1 um, 1. 1 million they're paying him this year. The most he yeah. can earn with incentives is 3.65. That's ridiculous. He he is so much better than that. And um, I think Detroit taking that chance on him. I hope he repays Detroit if he overperforms this season by re-signing with them because for them to give him the chance that no other team was going to give him, really good by them so yeah i like what you did there with your first introduction to the defensive side of the ball thanks mate all right uh bubbles that was a weird ending to the show let's be honest between yes, you and Mitch. <laughs> but thought your, uh, yeah thought your notes were fantastic smithy fingers crossed you're all better with covid asap mate and uh kind of pissing on dad's daz's bonfire not dad daz that's who i am uh, bonfire at the Jesus. end there, so don't do that again. And uh, you can sign us off, Smid, before this really goes off the rails. Yeah, thanks, mate, for the support. Appreciate it. Uh, I haven't been my best tonight. I will admit that. I think the uh, the COVID's got the best of me, so I'll promise I'll be better next week to you guys and the fans. But uh, thanks for listening. Catch us on TikTok for the highlights of this show and more. Comment any questions down below for a shout on the show. But most importantly, stay safe, everyone.